Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session, the weekly jazz interview show. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is available for free in iTunes. Please take a minute and subscribe so you're always up to date. You can also listen at thejazzsession.com. In addition to episodes of the show, thejazzsession.com features written interviews, live jazz news, and lots of jazz links. This week's guest is Miroslav Vitus. His new album is called Universal Syncopations 2. It opens with opera. My guest is Miroslav Vitus. The bassist has followed up on his critically acclaimed Universal Syncopations with an album called Universal Syncopations 2. It features a different band, but the band that tours with him a lot of the time, including Gerald Cleaver and Gary Campbell. And it also features some uh, very interesting work, both with the live group and also in the studio with many of uh, Miroslav's kind of patented orchestral samples. And it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show. Thanks very much for being here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Can you talk? I know you started on this album almost immediately following the completion of the first one, but you took a, a fairly different approach to this recording. Can you talk about uh, how the whole project was conceived and why you decided to, to kind of change the way you made the recording this time? Well, I wanted to use already the orchestra on the first record, on the first Universal Syncopations, but uh, I didn't find a room in this uh, work for that. So I, you know, as soon as this was finished, I started to work on the second one, which, which was going to include the orchestra sounds, you know, because the music which I'm, I was getting, I was going into, and I'm still working with this, and I will continue to work with this. It's multidimensional music, and this is, uh, you know, very, uh, very good to do with the orchestra because orchestra has so many colors; it can play many dimensions at the same time. And uh, this is what I'm after at the moment, you know, with my music. So this is uh, what I decided to do, you know, almost immediately after the release of, of the other one. And uh, it was recorded quite differently, as you say, because the last one, uh, the first one, sort of rather say, was um, recorded so that, you know, most of the things were overdubs, except the, the drums and myself, except Jack Dijonet and myself. Everything was basically overdubbed. On this album, however, it was not. We were, in fact, most of the album was played uh, live with some of the orchestra 
statements already prearranged. We we were listening to them in the headphones while we were recording. So we had a very good contact with with what was the you know what was the essence of the composition and what was what was it that we are dealing with. And most of it happened like this. On uh, on the other hand, there are about two or three compositions like uh, Moment and uh, and the G Moon G and also Evolution, Universal Evolution, which which happened in different way because it's so complicated, especially the Universal Evolution that I had to do it in another way. Meaning that the band played the music and you went in afterward and added the orchestral sounds, or no? It was actually done different ways. The G Moon G was done so so that there was a basically a inspirational you know, harmony going on all the time, and we were improvising to this each each player separately, and there were some written motifs. And uh, this happened with Bob Minzer, with Randy Berker, and myself. And in the end, I had edited the orchestra part, and I have chosen the best improvisation motifs he played, uh, which, and, and the written ones, which fit together. So this is how that happened. Actually, we played that song one time in, on, on a festival in Europe, in Sardinia, but we played it more like a tune, you know, because there's a definite melody and definite bridge. So this is how we played it. But uh, I wanted to take a rather much different approach than just play a tune, because... Uh, Tune is very much of a limited form. I'm looking for much more extended form, sort of speak, leave, leaving the, the bar lines and leaving the set, uh, you know, set amount of bars and et cetera, et cetera, so that it can breathe. Then the other one moment was actually done by by playing the melody. Uh, uh, Bob Malik, who was recording the melody on moment, was playing the melody. I was playing it with him with the piano, and the inspiration was already there. And then uh, I added the bass and the voice and orchestra and all that. It, this one came like that. much different than this. Uh, it was very, in fact, it's almost hard to remember how that was done. 
I made some, again, some very basic stuff. Uh, uh, I don't know if you have noticed when you listen to the Universal Evolution, but there is a meditation uh, crystal ball in the background all the time throughout the, the um, composition. And there are also uh, meditating voices, which are, which are my meditating voices. And basically that goes, that goes behind, you know, all the time behind this competition. Sometimes you cannot hear it because there are other things, but it's always there. idea like you know that on this planet there is always somebody praying some monk or some somebody somewhere praying for us you know so it's almost in a little bit in this way because the universal evolution is is is, is a huge big composition about the evolution and basically about the to me it is like about the, the birth of the light you know and then it's evolving in in a, in a in a philosophical way but in the musical way it is a marriage between a, Classical sound and and uh, improv, imp, uh, jazz improvisation uh, um, and written a group. It is played first by the group. First is like a, a you know choir introduction. Then is played by by the group. And then finally the same motif is played by the orchestra, like they would play it. And then and then orchestra and the group plays it all together as a final final part. So it is a you know that's why. It's, it's all basically related to some kind of evolution, and I, I think, I think what was achieved there was a, um, a sort of a. I, I don't even hate. I even hate to call it marriage because it's a one one music. Usually, when you try to do some classical music or classical sounds together with uh, jazz or improvisation, you come up. You know, people come up with uh, you know five bars of jazz, ten bars of classical, this and then. But this music in particular is finally, which I was looking for for a very long time. It's one piece of music. It's one blood, one born baby. It's not nothing to put together like a collage, you know. Is that what you mean by multidimensional? Yes, also. Well, at the same time, it is much multidimensional, meaning that almost the orchestra plays in another time, on, in another way. It's like, it's like everything is getting very thick. I don't know how to explain this, you know, it's because it's, it's just growing. It's just fat, you know, it's big. It's not no longer on the system of bar lines or, 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 or closed rhythms, so you have to exactly play within this format or whatever. It is an open form, it's a, and I think this is... A, you know, where are we going with, with the future, with the time and with the planet, with the universe and, and with, with this music as well. 
you mentioned that it's it's something you'd been thinking of for or searching for for a long time. So this is something you'd been you'd been hearing and and trying to arrive at, but you and you've now you found a way to do that. Is that am I hearing that? Correctly? In my case, it's more like it crystallized into this. Because I was always a classical musician who, who played jazz and improvised. So all my life, the classical influences is very noticeable in my playing because I, le- I never played like a bebop. I don't think no one has ever heard me play some swinging bebopping lines, you know, like, you know, I just never played that. I always played already with the classical influence. So for me, this was always inside of me, this, this classical and, and, and the creative and creative jazz improvisation. Now the jazz has changed purely into creative force and classical has changed into just a classical sound and a new form, you know. Talk about um, the the guys who are on this record. It's a really a really impressive collection of musicians and uh, some people who, uh, personally, I found a little surprising. I was surprised to see Randy Brecker's name uh, pop right. up on this album. Can you uh, just talk a little bit about how you assembled the band? I know there was already a connection with uh, Gerald and and with Gary, but uh, just talk right, about right. the band. Well, Tell- you know, I know Randy for so many years, and also Bob Minter. So I very much like Bob Mintz's, especially bass clarinet playing, and he's playing some fantastic things on the bass clarinet on this album, you know, on the on the Universal Evolution. And so he was the right person for this. And uh, Randy Brecker, I wanted to do something with for a long time, but in a different way than just a, you know, just than just a jazz or bebop kind of a playing. And uh, you know, it was it just happened that uh, you know he fitted in into this and uh, there was also some editing involved and all that stuff so you know altogether in the end it, it ended up as a as, as this music what we have now on day one when when you all walked into the studio what what was there for the musicians to work from it seems it's very hard to visualize it's always better to listen to music i guess than talk about it but it's very hard to visualize the the framework f- from which you were working uh, can you even talk about, like, for example, on the t- on the track "Opera," which begins with uh, some right. samples and kind of evolves into a, a small group performance that's very accessible? Uh, can you talk about what? How did you start that? Well, on this track, everything you hear is is uh, you know played from uh, from a. Uh, it was a live take. There's nothing edited or changed. Uh, you know, all the all the different times time changes and. Uh, the breaking of the time and uh, retardandos and all this kind of stuff. We played that live. There was not uh, created later or edited. We played that live with Adam. And uh, Bob Minster was also in the studio to playing his solo with us live. Thank you. 
And there were the, the mo- some of the orchestra parts together with the choir singing the melody was already present uh, on, on my keyboard. So I played it, we recorded it already with this. So basically the whole form took shape uh, just like, like we played it, you know. Uh, when I introduced the, the motifs of the choirs and then of course I wrote some, some motifs later to fill it in, to complete the picture, you know. Randy Brecker came in later and overdubbed some, some things and uh, improvised some things. And so did Gary Campbell. But the, but the whole other the trio, the Adam Nussbaum, Bob Minson, myself, and the orchestra was recorded at the same time. So, so the, the form has been created, of, you know, as we created it. Uh, is there a, uh, a potential for performing the full complexity of this music live in concert? It is possible, yes. You know, I have already written, uh, there has been uh, three pieces written into the score. The number two, number three, and number four, which is a kind of a trilogy. And that's really the new music, uh, you know, uh, which relates mostly to the, to the sort of a band playing. Universal, Universal Evolution is, is, is further than that even, and, but that goes into orchestra music and, and all that. But for the playing situation, those three, Number two, number three, which is actually is the breakthrough, the um, uh, uh, prayer, the prayer, and the solar giant. Those were put in the score, and it is possible to perform them, perform them with the orchestra. You know, but it is uh, because the, if you notice, the orchestra doesn't play all the time, and this is the advantage why it would actually be possible to perform with the orchestra. Because if orchestra will play all the time, it will be impossible to keep the form or shape. This way, the band plays like we play. And on, on my cue given to the conductor, he can bring in those statements and those motives at, at that time, and then we adjust to this and we continue playing. So the piece will, of course, never be the same, but it will be, it will be within that essence and it will be that piece, you know. And it allows for the, the improvisational freedom that's the hallmark of the jazz. Absolutely. The so. idea is to keep the creative force absolutely as much as possible alive. You know, the connection that we get to music from the heavens. That is the purpose, to keep that alive as much as possible, see? Has your music always been informed by the, the spirituality that it sounds like it is informed by now? Yes, it has been, but uh, about half of my life it has been sort of, I did not really realize it, but ever since uh, when I was, I think, 38 years old, something happened, and I, and I became consciously realized all these things, and then things became even more crystallized, you know, in this direction. Did something specific happen? There was an event that well, happened? I, you could call it a middle age crisis. To know, you know, I had a, a very big spiritual experience where, where I made contact with uh, with with uh, my inner self, sort of speak, and I realized a lot of things. And I had to, there were some things I had to do, I had to change in order, you know, to just just continue, so that I would be able to do what I wanted to do. And many people call this a middle age crisis. And how has that affected your approach to your music or composition? Well, it just made me aware, basically. Uh, a step which is very important for for a master musician, and that is that uh, that he is actually instrument, just like he plays the instrument. The spirit or the musical heaven or whatever you want to call it plays him. So that means that at that point you have to entirely give up the ego, which is a fantastic thing, because then the ego, it, because you know that you are not the one who is doing it. You know that you are instrument, so the music plays through you. You understand, but. If you don't do, if you are not capable of doing this, which happens with some musicians, it happens. Then it stops, and they cannot go any further because because you have to realize that you are part of something, and that you are not the one who is doing everything. You know, because it is it is a very very um, spiritual thing with this. 
but this is basically what I saw. So you you see yourself more as kind of channeling music that exists in the universe? Yes, I think so. All, all the things of of, uh, of of this kind are like that. In terms of uh, compositions, does that mean that uh, you compose when the inspiration strikes you, so to speak, or or did you, for example, I mean, this album has a, a conception to it. Did you sit down and say, "I am going to create an album like this album," or did no, you, you did it come do to that you? Because because you have to let it happen, you know. It has to come, and you have to hear it. It's like Mars Davis used to say, you ha- I have to hear it, you know, that's what he used to say. And it is, I, for me, it's, it has now become the same way. I have to hear it, and then I, can, I know where to go with it, and I know what to do next. But I cannot do this with the pencil and paper. It is impossible, because the, that gift from heavens, the connection with the heavens of the music which we have, comes through the sound, not through the pencil, you see. So, it's like that. And how do you communicate that to other musicians who may have a different philosophical approach to music than you do? Well, the musicians which I play with basically agree, they all agree with me that this is the way it's really happening. And uh, that's why we can play together like this, and that's why I can create this. You, you kind of share a trust in in that that feeling or inspiration. Well, they know also that, that something is happening with them, that the music is going through them, that they are not the one, you know, one who is uh, me, 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 monkey me, is the one who is doing this great music. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's that's basically the difference, yeah. It's such an interesting way to know, approach something is, know, as personal as I know why you're asking that. this question. It is difficult to explain this to the... To, to this, uh, you know, to this existing uh, system and existing world, we are, we are running a, a very old existing system on the planet, which is now beginning to break down and change to the new system, which we don't know what it is yet, but we have to find it because the old system doesn't work. And I think this is part of the evolution. This is happening also with the music and with everything else because universally everything is expanding and everything is growing. So we can, it cannot be no longer, you know, the, the what, what what we have been running on because it doesn't work. It's like. Our, our foot is now bigger, but the size of our shoes has stayed one, one or two numbers smaller. And we cannot fit our leg into the shoe anymore. So it has to, we have to make a new shoe, you know. I think I would, I would, it's a good comparison with, with this, yeah. Yeah, I mean, certainly looking at the world around us, if this is the best our current system can produce, then I'm with you. We need, uh, <laughs> we need a new way to think. Uh, exactly, yeah, yeah, and it's on a much larger scale than just music or whatever, you know, this is really a universal thing. But it works on every profession, it, it works for everybody, it's, you know, it, we are under the same sun, under the same stars, it's, it's, uh, it's all, the, everything comes from the same source, so, and that is either light or sound, you know. 
Have you yeah. started to hear what the next step is? Is there a Universal Syncopations 3, or is there is there a next thing that's already... Yeah, there is. Actually, I have already started to record on an album, but that, uh, the next one is uh, more considered on a group album, so that we would have a more chance of touring this. And that one is called, it's without orchestra, it's just with horns, it's with two horns, or so sometimes three horns. And But it's, it's also very, very uh, on, in this way, you know. It's in this way, I mean, we don't play any more time or like like a jazz time that you know that's basically uh the, the the that principle is that you know it was a stepping stone and now evolution is taken taking us somewhere else and that's that and then i'm also already uh, recording some things for universal syncopation three part of it is is, is uh, some rhapsody which i wrote which the singer will be involved i'm working on a concerto for guitar and contrabass and orchestra there are some duets i already recorded with michelle portal on a bass clarinet, which also I plan to use, you know, in this Universal Syncopation 3. But it's, it's in development now. Can you talk about what uh, this kind of music, what it requires of your relationship with a drummer, and in this case, Gerald Cleaver? It, it sounds like it must, it, it must require an, an amazing bond to play so far beyond the normal structures that we're used to. Yes, it is, it is a very big trust. And uh, it is an understanding that we are, Gerald is very spiritual, and this is, this is the only reason why we can do this. Because if he was not spiritual, it would never be possible. Because it, it requires that we both, uh, um, you know, understand this, and we both uh, work, uh, you know, on, on out of this sort of uh, belief. And uh, the, so automatically the trust and all is there. But Gerald is a very interesting musician because he has somehow a lot of classical knowledge within him. I think he, I, have, I have discussed this with him. I think he has either studied or something about classical music, but I think that has just been given to him as a gift because he has a great knowledge of, uh, of classical sort of, a, you know, in a, rhythm, in a rhythmical way. So it, it is a very special relationship, of course, you know, and uh, it's extremely spiritual because, you know, the spirit brings us together. This is just not, you know, I couldn't find people like this, you know, unless, unless there is a force or you know, or spiritual identity who wants to have this happen, then of course they are going to help to put this together. So they have to find the, the musicians, you know. I mean, it's, it's very complicated. It goes, it goes uh, you know, it goes quite far. Well, the product speaks for itself. It's a, a really impressive record, and uh, it's been a real pleasure for me to talk to you. It's been a very fascinating conversation, and I, I thank you for taking the time to do it. Okay, thank you very much for calling. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
That's Miroslav Vitus from his new album Universal Syncopations 2. You've been listening to The Jazz Session, the weekly jazz interview show. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is available for free in iTunes. Please take a minute and subscribe. That means you'll always have the latest episode right there on your computer or your MP3 player whenever you want it. You can also listen at thejazzsession.com. In addition to episodes of the show, thejazzsession.com features written interviews, live jazz news, and lots of jazz links. For more interviews and reviews, you can visit allaboutjazz.com, the world's largest jazz website. You'll find my writing there beside that of many other jazz experts and fans. You can contact me via email at jason at thejazzsession.com or call the show at 585-473-5304. The Jazz Session has a mailing list available at thejazzsession.com. When you join, you'll get periodic updates about the guests who appear on this show, plus other news from the world of Jason Crane. The theme music for the show is by the Respect Sextet, online at respectsextet.com. Thanks also to Dave Rabel, who designed the Jazz Session's logo. Thanks so much for listening. Remember to support live jazz whenever and wherever you can, and come back next time for another conversation about jazz, on the jazz session. Thank you for listening. Bye.